0: You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome back to part three of How to Be the Perfect Wedding Guest. If you have not listened to part one and part two, I recommend listening to that first. On those episodes, we talk about The beginning stages of when a friend or family member gets engaged, we talk about what to wear to the wedding, we talk about gift etiquette, we talk about ceremony and phone etiquette, and today we are going to dive right into Cocktail Hour and the reception and hope that you have learned everything that you need to be the perfect wedding guest after this episode. I'll kind of bust through Cocktail Hour because I don't want to say it's not as important, but there's not as many things you need to know about Cocktail Hour Um, This is your time to go to the bathroom, get a drink. Typically, the bar is going to be open. However, you're not going to over drink because there will hopefully be beverages um, later in the evening as well. If there is a photo booth, use it. This is a great time to get photos with your friends, your family, your date, whoever you're there with. It will take up time. It will entertain you. The other thing that the three of us were talking about before we even started was when A guest wants to go on to the reception site and find their seat, claim their seat, put their purse down, put their jacket down. And then when the photographer and the videographer go in to do this wide shot of the beautiful decor, now that all of the candles are lit and everything is ready, then there's somebody's stuff right in the middle of that. So please do not go in and put your stuff. If you need a place to put your stuff, take it back to the car. Again, you've already left the purse in the car to start with so just don't go into the reception site until you are told to do so and then talking about that typically a coordinator or a venue person representative will come up during cocktail hour and kind of go around to the different groups and say hey we're going to start moving toward the reception you know if you want to get another drink or whatever just go ahead and start heading toward the reception don't stand there and talk for another 15 minutes that is literally your cue to move along
1: yeah there's a there's things that are on a timeline, and so it's like once that kind of you get that kind of like announcement from a DJ or a band or the coordinator that reception is now open. You may find your seats, then find wherever your seating is. If and then you know that cocktail hour is a great time to if it's like a f- formal or assigned seating, find that assigned seating, and then make your way because there is a lot of time for dinner so that we can move on to toasts and cake afterwards and stuff because the sometimes like we're on those timelines because the photographer only has so much time you only have so many hours in a photography package so if we're keep dragging it out 10 minutes here 15 minutes here 30 minutes there then the photographer is staying an hour past than when they're supposed to be or the band's staying an hour past than they were supposed Mm -hmm. to be there so that's so we kind of try to keep things moving at a pace um for particular reasons
0: i did want to talk about hunter talked about if a table of eight doesn't show up. That costs roughly $1,400 minimum. We know that situations do arise that on the day of the wedding, the day before the wedding, that sometimes you can't make it. You've RSVP'd yes. You had all intentions of going. You got sick. Somebody else got sick. You can't get off of work now. Whatever it may be, if you have RSVP'd yes to that wedding, I fully personally expect you to send the couple additional money covering what your meal would have cost does that wedding get a little bigger <laughs> yes does that sound rude and selfish mm, i wouldn't say it's selfish does that sound rude maybe but there was an instance where a family member wasn't able to make it to a family wedding and i was like i fully expect you to be sending money to cover your meal because that costs money and there's nothing more disappointing and it literally kills my soul when i look around at a reception and there are empty place settings and i know mm-hmm. that Yes, the bride is living in the moment, but she's also looking and she knows exactly who was supposed to be at every table. She knows who's not there.
1: Oh, yeah. I had a wedding earlier this year where try to advise the bride the best we could that this is the number of people you've invited. That does not mean this is the number of people who are coming. And over and over and over again, it says, nope, 200 people are going to be here. I know we're going to have 200 people. I don't think you're going to have 200 people at your wedding. And we made that very clear and then here comes the day of the wedding and i if there were 75 people there mm. i think there were about 75 oh. people there wow. and and it just was looking at a an empty church a mostly empty reception and it's those things that we could have mitigated and we could have had if you had just taken the advice of the people around you and have been like okay we know we're not gonna have 200 people let's look at our RSVPs. okay it's about 75 Then, like you can spend You could spend more money on nicer meals. You could have a bigger cake. You could have served steak instead of pork chops. Like, there's, you know, you could not waste money on just wastefulness if you just plan accordingly and listen to the good advice around you and stuff. And so, but again, it's those things where it's like I can see the disappointment on the bride's face when we get to the reception and you walk into your reception and it's literally like less than half full Mm -hmm. and looking at tables where there is. Where there is either no one or one or two people sitting at them, that's very disappointing. It's that it's sad to look at and stuff. So it's like, but if we could just planned a little better, then we could have, you know, made it a little more intimate, made it a little and still have been lovely and nice. But it would have been a not disappointing feeling.
0: Yep. If you know that you are really not going to attend that wedding all along, don't tell the couple that you're going to be there. Don't know RSVP. Yes. Just go ahead and say no. You don't have to give excuses. Just say, we wish you the best of luck. You can send a card. You don't even have to send money if you don't want to. But do not RSTP. Yes, if you know at the end of the day, you're not going to go. The next thing is, is whenever you get into um, the reception, go ahead and find your seat. If there is a seating chart, don't complain about where you're sitting. Don't complain about who you're sitting with. Just find your seat. There's a reason why the couple put you with the people at that table. A lot of times they will take into effect, you know, family dynamics and stuff. But there are times where you have to just get along. It's going to be a couple hours. You're going to be fine. You can sit there and smile.
1: I was just going to jump into that one point where it's really hard, where it's like if you the bride and groom put you at places and especially if you're at a reception where it's. You've picked entree choices and stuff. And if you decide you're going to start moving tables, that puts the kitchen into a flamux in the background because they already know that three chickens, two beef, and two vegetarians go to table 14. And then if you start moving your tables and stuff, well, they're coming out with entrees, and now none of the entrees match the tables and stuff. So if you're, especially if you have those assigned entree options, make sure you sit where you're supposed to because that really does a disservice to your (laughs) cater.
0: Agree 100%. And then typically during your reception, the DJ is going to be the one um, leading and guiding things. So you are going to want to follow what they're telling you to do. So if the couple is coming in for the entrance, you're going to stand up and clap. You're going to cheer for them. Um, Just basically kind of follow what your DJ is telling you to do. And typically, once the couple comes in, they're going to go to a sweetheart table or the bridal party table to eat. This may be the first time that they have had a bite to eat or drink in six, eight, ten hours. I see Tyler shaking his head. Give them a minute. Let them eat. Let them drink. I know that you want a picture with them, but just give them a minute.
2: Most of the time, it's built into the timeline to where there is some mingle time during reception around them eating. So let them eat they will make their rounds with the tables and, you know, do their mingling and we can do photos there, that sort of thing. But yeah, most of the time they, it could be nerves. They could have had, you know, a, just a full timeline from, from the time they start hair and makeup all the way to ceremony and reception. You know, most of the time they don't eat um, and they hardly drink and they, they might, you know, th- this is their first meal of the day. So just kind of keep that in mind for sure.
0: If it is a buffet, then typically either your DJ is going to dismiss the table. Typically, they'll walk over to the table. Sometimes they'll do it on the microphone. Every DJ is going to be different. But you are going to follow what they tell you to do. If you are on the other side of the building and you just decide that you're hungry and you're going to get up and go eat, um, I will haunt you in your sleep. You (laughs) should follow whoever is in charge. They're going to give you a cue and they're going to dismiss you. And the other thing is if you were in one of those first couple of tables that get to go through the line and you're like, man, I could I use some more pork or I could use some more mashed potatoes. The
1: macaroni and cheese was so good.
0: Yes. <laughs> Let everybody get through the line before you go back through seconds because A, it's the right thing to do. B, we need to get everybody through the line because we are again working on a timeline. And then as you are going through the line, just kind of keep in mind that this is not Golden Corral. We do not dip our carrots in the ranch while we're standing there going through the line. Oh. <laughs> we are going to have manners, and we are going to wait until we get back to our table to eat. We're not going to touch everything.
1: There's a reason there's tongs and knives around the tables. So there's, don't put your hands in everything. Don't be reaching out and picking up all the grapes. Like, ugh
0: Um, and i also wanted to talk about um charcuterie grazing tables have become really popular in the last few years and i kind of wanted to give this to you because i know you love cooking and doing those kind of (laughs) things what is kind of the proper way the proper amount that you should get get with that so like if i'm using tongs for like the cheese should i use the same tongs for the crackers and the salami or should i switch tongs are there are there rules for that kind of stuff
1: I feel like usually it's like you always want to think about like what is cross-contamination and stuff. But usually once you're sitting in there, our big tables and stuff, usually the crackers are laying on the meat, laying on the fruit. So I would kind of look at it. If it's all laying on top of itself, the tongs are a free-for-all to kind of use for whatever you want. But get your little plate, fill up whatever you want. And I think that's, you know, and I think usually those things are huge. I feel like every wedding I go to, I watch 90% of it get pitched. So I'm kind of like. Eat as much of it as you want because I feel like so much of it goes in the garbage, um, which is sad, but so, but fill up your plates, but just don't stand there like a crazy person and like eat every grape on the table, eat every cracker on the table because then your hands are just on the table all the time and everybody else is trying to enjoy it and everything, but take your little plate, I'd say fill it to the top and enjoy as much of it as you want because end of the night it's getting pitched. Like I said, there's a reason there's utensils and tongs and stuff around for everybody to use and don't just... Put your grubby hands and everything. <laughs>
0: and Tyler, this may not apply to you as much, but like as a coordinator, and even like if you've done like catering or florals at a wedding, like sometimes you interact with a guest or you smile at them, you acknowledge them, or you compliment their outfit. And sometimes they look at you like you have four heads. Mm-hmm. And so, or you see, you experience, so like the catering staff, if they say something to you or something, just kind of acknowledge them, thank them for their work today, thank them for how good it's going to be. Because they worked really hard for that.
2: I guess just be nice and be be a genuine person and good human being is, is kind of the gist of it. I mean, and if you can know the difference between a photographer and videographer, that helps us out a lot. I get ta- I get called a photographer nine out of ten times out of a wedding. Just know, like, you know... If, if you want a photo taken, like, hey, are you the photographer? Hey, are you the videographer? You know, compliments go a long way, uh, especially for vendors. So that could could be, like, you know, a, a bright part of our day. So just kind of being nice to your vendors – complimenting them thanking them for you know helping today go smooth um that's always like icing on the cake for a vendor and and just kind of you know act like you're enjoying it and and actually enjoy it that that always uh photographs and and comes across on video a lot better than if someone's glaring at me because i'm pointing my camera at them um i i promise i'm not trying to single you out i'm just trying to get clips of their guests at the wedding so they can see who's there so just kind of you know just roll with it and you know just remember it's not your day it's a couple's day
0: and like if you do generally need something tell the vendors like we're there we can help Um, a lot of times we I don't know why I'm still saying we because I don't do day of anymore (laughs) but vendors are there they want to help you and if you need something let them know but on the flip side of that the coordinator is there for the couple. So they are not there to watch your children. They are not there to take something to your car. They're there to make the day happen. So just kind of don't take advantage of that. The other thing is um, you would be surprised at how many people would ask me, hey, how much did they spend on this wedding? Oh, so tacky. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Or it'd be like, how much did this food cost? Don't ask. How much did set Yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about any of those kind of things at the wedding day. I do want to touch on the bar a little bit and tipping. This was a question I got some. There are going to be some bars that have a tip jar. There are going to be some bars that do not have a tip jar. A lot of times that will go back to the plan, essentially, that the couple has chosen whether the couple has already paid for the gratuity or whether the guests are essentially doing that. I personally typically do not take in a purse or money with me. Um, I'm kind of like, if you're hosting this event, you're going to take care of that, I'm hoping, but um, maybe I should quit assuming that. If there's a chip jar, somebody in your group, throw a couple of dollars in. If they're amazing or if you go back 20 times or if they have made the best mixed drink you have ever had, you can always throw some money in for that.
1: Yeah, I do always hope that. It's typically, I feel like, especially in our area and stuff where I do feel like usually the, the couple or the parents of the couple tend to take care of all the gratuities and stuff. But if it's out there, throw a couple bucks in.
0: I want to talk a little bit about the cake. So the cake is going to be cut and then it's either going to be passed by the cater or it's going to be set on a table for the guests to come up and get it. If it's in a venue that the cake has to kind of be cut in front of people, which it kind of just depends on the venue and the situation. Sometimes the guests will come up and be like, oh, I want strawberry and strawberry is going to be the bottom tier. We in may way, not be patient, wait and be patient, or we honestly may not get to that bottom tier, to be honest. It just kind of depends. So if it's going to take 15 or 20 minutes, just kind of wait, just calm, calm down. We're going to do everything that we can to get you what you want just kind of go back to your seat. Don't stand up there with your plate because we're not going to get there any quicker. The dessert bar, in my opinion, um, typically opens when the cake is cut and it's being served um, unless there's a sign there saying otherwise. Would you agree with that? Yeah,
1: I kind of feel like that cake cutting signals like if that would hit like if you are going to do a dessert bar with different dessert options and stuff. And you kind of feel like once you hit that cake cutting time, then it's now it's dessert time and that kind of becomes your open cake, cannoli, coffee, whatever we're serving at that moment. That kind of all becomes your end of the evening stuff at that time. So yeah, probably wouldn't like, as you're waiting for stuff to, you know, waiting for all of your toasts and cake cutting and stuff, then if you're over there eating all the lemon bars off the dessert table, you look like you're kind of jumping the gun.
2: And sometimes depending on when that stuff is placed out too, the photographer, videographer might not have had a chance to, photograph that sort of stuff too. So um, you know, if they're putting it out during dinner, then the photographer might not have had a chance to take a picture of that display in in the bar. So I would just kind of always err on the side to just waiting until you're dismissed for dessert.
0: And I feel like in Kentucky, the cue that you are allowed to leave the wedding is after the cake has been cut. I do not leave until it has been served. I'm not leaving until I get my tinkers cake, personally.
1: Oh, no. I'm Half the reason I'm at the wedding is I want a slice of wedding cake.
0: (laughs) Um, So that's kind of, if you know that you're not going to stay through the entire evening, um, you're not going to get up and dance, make it through the cake cutting, at least. A lot of times we will have what is called a fake exit now, a faux exit. I know that um, that may be something that is new to you, basically. That is if a couple is doing a sparkler exit, a bubble exit, a glow stick exit, whatever exit that may be. We need to get that exit in before the photographer's time is up. And while we still have a lot of people at the reception so that it's fuller for the picture. So the DJ is essentially going to send everybody outside. We're going to pass out the sparklers. We're going to make that happen. And then everybody's going to come back inside and dance and party and have the best time of their lives. And then Tyler was talking about taking pictures and like videoing you. Don't feel like you're singled out or anything. And one of the, f- the photographers I was talking to, she's like, a lot of times the guests just will straight turn their backs to me on the dance floor when they see me with the camera. Do you experience that?
2: Yeah. And, And I guess it depends on the reception space too, because there might be, you know, spotlights involved or photographers using flash, you know, it can be kind of uh, awkward or, you know, you feel like you are singled out, but I promise we're just trying to do our job and and kind of capture all the guests that were there and and we want the couple because they might not see everybody at their wedding they might not to get it interact with every guest so that's really what we're just trying to to highlight there is just kind of capture guests and we could take a video of you and it might not even end up in the film so we're just trying to film things be in the moment just like you are so you know just kind of just go with the flow. Um, try to try to be as photogenic as possible um, and, and, and don't turn your back to us or scowl at us like looking, you know, what are you doing? Why are you taking a photo of me? So, yeah,
1: just go with yeah, it. Don't be shocked that there's a videographer and a photographer at a wedding. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: One of the things I mentioned earlier about in the reception is following the DJ instructions. That goes literally for the entire reception. Um, sometimes a couple will want a group photo. So basically, if that's gonna happen, your DJ will give instructions for that. Also, when it comes to the DJ, um, I know that you might have song requests that you want to hear. Sometimes um, on the RSVPs, the couple may ask for song request or if there's a song you wanna hear, that's your chance to put that on there. If it's not on there, don't ask for it. Every couple has their own choice and there may be what uh, we call a no playlist. The couple has specifically designated signs that the the DJ is absolutely not allowed to play those songs. So if you go up and you ask for a song and the DJ never plays it, there's a reason why he didn't play it. So just trust in that. I was actually on the road today and I heard this song. um, I don't know the actual title, but it's Stacy's mom's got it going on. Oh yeah, uh, Because I did a wedding um, where the bride's mom was uh, or the bride was named Stacy. And so I remembered Stacy dancing in um, the chair at the wedding. We put the chair on the dance floor and she was dancing on, you know. So I put dancing on furniture on my list to talk about. Um, you would be surprised at how much furniture gets danced on at the wedding. And this goes back to um, Elena and I talked about in our podcast about damage waivers. Most of the couples, uh, we always tell them to pay damage waivers because furniture does get broken. But... My best piece of advice is don't dance on the, don't dance on the furniture, don't dance on the chairs, don't dance on the tables, don't dance on the couches. Just oh, keep your feet on you, the floor. It's true.
1: Like, if you wouldn't do it in your own home, then why would you do it here? But people get a few libations in them, and things get a little wilder than they typically do. But just use good common sense. Like, probably don't stand in the folding chair and try to like macarena dance in it because <laughs> you're probably gonna break the chair or break yourself.
0: And then once the wedding is over, if you are still there and the lights come on, that is your cue to leave. Um, Your couple has your friends have the venue for a certain amount of time. There's some cleanup that has to be done. The vendors are coming in. Um, If you need help getting an Uber or you need help getting a taxi, there's going to be a coordinator there. There's going to be a venue person there. There's going to be somebody that um, is more than willing to to help you get a ride home. Um, The majority of the venues, you can leave your, your car there overnight if you need to. Something else that I wanted to touch on, it does not happen often, but it does happen. If something does not go perfectly at a wedding, whether it be a venue or venue situation or a florist or whatever it may be, and a family member gets wind of this and they go to google they go to facebook and they start leaving negative reviews the night of the wedding or the morning after the wedding don't do that there are always you know the three sides to every story wedding days are filled with emotions let that vendor try to remedy that situation first before anything happens because a lot of times there's just miscommunication Things can be fixed.
1: And oh, I remember like just kind of thinking about that, like there was well, I worked in a formal wear for a number of years. And I remember specifically there was a wedding where it was a few people's pants were too short and maybe somebody's vest was the wrong size. It's Very, very easy, fixable things. And somebody's aunt or uncle got on, like decided to go on a tirade that night about we went there and everything was broken and everything they did was garbage and nothing fit. Da, 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 da. And it's, it's one of those things where, where like at the end of it, it's like we. by the time they had typed all this out, we had already fixed everything. We had already sent over new vests and hemmed the pants and everything was perfectly fine. But this aunt decided to go on some sort of like crazy social media tirade. And at the end of the day, you know, the bride and groom were embarrassed. And it's like, uh, it wasn't your place to go in and like think you were going to like wield some sort of social media power over these tuxedo pants Um, because at the end of it, it was all fixed and it was perfect for the bride and groom on the wedding day. But you adding fuel to this fire doesn't help the vendor. It doesn't help the bride and groom. It doesn't help the person whose pants were too short. It just becomes just messier than it needs to be.
0: That's a great example. I didn't have any write off, but that's a great example Um, But ultimately, I hope that you have learned how to be a great wedding guest. Is there anything else that either of you would like to share about being a wedding guest?
1: As a wedding guest, you are stepping into this temporary space that creates permanent memories. And so um, it is about the bride and groom and the couple, but it is also about the time you spent there, the time you spent with the other wedding guests. you know the bride and groom have spent a lot of money on this wedding, whether that be food and flowers, photography. It's all it's all being put together just to create this once in a lifetime moment, and so you should go and enjoy it. And so, if there's cake eat the cake if there's leftover macaroni and cheese enjoy the leftover macaroni and cheese because this is never going to exist again Uh, if you have the opportunity to take flowers home at the end of the evening believe me your florists love it when the guests take the flowers home as long as you don't take their containers um (laughs) because they need um you know then they get to go and be enjoyed and stuff so if you have the opportunity to enjoy all the stuff that the bride and groom has um spent money on make sure you do it because um, they have spent a lot of money and make sure that it's all enjoyed. For, and it would be, they spent the money for your enjoyment. It's really what it is They want to celebrate with their friends and family. And they included, they included they thought enough about you to include you in that as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the biggest thing I would add on that, I mean, you pretty much kind of nailed most of the stuff I would have said. But I think the biggest thing is just being present and being aware of what's going on look around the room see what other people are doing you know we we all are in this space together and and kind of getting through this day so you know if if there are people not out on the dance floor like let's go out on the dance floor like they paid for a dj and they paid for a photographer and videographer and they want people to have a good time and so like kind of contribute to that good time don't just sit on your phone if you're bored or whatever like just kind of be present. Be in the moment. Be aware of your surroundings. What's going on? Where are the bride and groom? Oh, they're doing this. Now is probably not a good time to, to come up and ask them to take a photo. That sort of thing. So just kind of being aware of those things and and that there are other timelines and other people involved and um, there's a lot going on. So it's it's not just about you, but also you're there to have a good time. So
0: you have probably learned a lot about being a wedding guest today that you didn't know that you maybe needed to know or even existed. Um, I think my two biggest takeaways um, for anyone listening to this, um, you're not going to wear white and ivory to a wedding unless the bride tells (laughs) you to. And the other thing is you're going to be very conscious of what you're doing with your cell phone at weddings. Because brides, like we've talked about, we want you to be there in the moment. And yes, all three of us, particularly Hunter and I, are very opinionated about, things that happen at weddings but at the end of the day when you're going you're you're there for your friends you're there for your families this is going to be what is remembered 50 and 75 years from now you're creating the next generation basically and so those are the people that are going to be most important to you but I hope that you have learned a lot Um, if we did not cover something that you want to know um, definitely let me know
2: thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us
0: I hope that you have enjoyed this mini-series on how to be the perfect wedding guest for your friends and family during this incredible journey in their lives. And I want to thank Hunter Sherwood with Sherwood Designs and Events and Tyler Jackson with Jackson Visuals for joining me on this series. And for all things weddings, follow me at Simply Love Studio on Instagram. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.